Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now What's up? Welcome to the show. My name is Joey Galvez, and this is my pal Benjamin W. Morse. Uh, how's it going, Ben? Doing, doing fine. How are you doing? I'm dude. I'm doing fantastic because my 49ers are going to the freaking Super Bowl. I'm excited about that. Uh, but another thing that I'm really, 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 really excited about is because uh, we want to talk to you guys a little bit about Archetypes. Archetypes is a really cool uh, magazine that we're going to be dropping with all kinds of really cool new comic books, articles with some uh, marketing tools, with some writing tools. We also have some TTRPG design tools in there for you if those people who want to create a little world for themselves for a little RPG game. Uh, we have all that really cool stuff in Archetypes, but what we're doing with this thing is because we it's a tip of the hat to the Wizard Magazine of old, we wanted to reveal to you guys our Wizard Magazine homage cover. Before we bring in our, our guests, uh, Will Allred and uh, Joseph here, uh, we're going to bring them in to talk about their Kickstarters. But Benjamin, do you have that up for us? I don't know if we have that. Can you pull that up I have it. We have the sketch. It's here. Boom. We're working Look on final art this week. This is our work in progress. This is going to be our cover, our, our, uh, our, our Wizard Magazine homage cover. Uh, this is going to be our variant cover. We're going to be dropping this one in the campaign. The campaign is going to be going live here on, in February. It, we're going to be hoping to uh, hopefully if we can and everybody hits their deadline so far, everybody's doing good and they're all on track. We're going to, uh, we're going to print this before we even launch so that you guys are making sure. So we make sure that you guys are getting this in your hands. So keep an eye on that. All you guys got to do is go to geekcollective.net slash archetypes and sign up today. So after the, we ain't going to talk about this until after we talk to our guests again. Uh, but so uh, after we do that, man, all we got to do is press that button right there. Ben, can you please play that intro?
that's been awesome. Uh, appreciate that, Ben. That's amazing. Uh, you do that every time for us. I appreciate you doing that. Uh, welcome, Will Allred, and welcome, Joseph, to the show. Uh, we're here to talk to you guys about your campaigns. Uh, Will, since you were here a little bit late, I'm gonna I'm gonna call on you, and I want you to give us your quick 30 second pitch. As if I was walking down the uh, artist alley, how would you get me to buy your book? Uh, stories are invading reality and threaten to fracture it beyond repair. And only a, an English professor and a research librarian have the uh, smarts and knowledge to save us all from an unhappy ending. Sold here. Take my money. Joseph, <laughs> uh, if we were walking down artist alley, how would you sell me your book? Uh, the order of Dracula is a story of, uh, if Dracula never stopped, uh, getting over the things that, uh, he was upset about in life, and um, he spent his entire century's long existence trying to collapse the Ottoman Empire and had to make an entire network of people in order to accomplish that. Done. I love it. I love it. That's free, pretty freaking fantastic. Uh, Joseph, we've had you on the show a couple of times uh, or one time before this. Uh, we want to talk to you a little bit about your book here and, and kind of go through that. Well, we're going to come to you here in a second. Um, because you know how this thing goes. You used to host a show. This is your show, man. Uh, we're going to talk to you a little bit later. We're going to hassle you a little bit after this. But Joseph, can you please walk us through your campaign? Okay, sure. Yeah, uh, so it's our first trade paperback. It's 164 pages. Uh, it collects four oversized black and white issues. Um, and it's uh, it's an eight and a half inch square. Kind of looks like um, a... Uh, a 1910s comic. Um, you can kind of see like the uh, the format we're going for here. Um, the, it's a square format. Um, so so what did it? Yeah. So and then we added um, we added a new story in there too, um, showing how Dracula met Jack the Ripper. And um, <clears throat> so we have uh, two. We have uh, the order. It collects the order of Dracula, which is our original comic showing um, how Dracula met the Irish separatist James Fitzharris. And then um, the other story is how he puts James to work uh, during the Middle Eastern theater, World War One, uh, to go undercover in Arabia uh, as a as a British soldier to try to determine the weaknesses of a, a mysterious supernatural being that's preventing Dracula from assassinating the Sultan. Uh, and then there's a parallel story to that where Dracula has a plan B. He goes and finds uh, Shahrazad, who was the narrator for the Arabian Nights, and um, tries to get information from her about the same thing. Um, but she's like this unique undead being, so she has to collect stories in order to survive. So she forces him to tell the story of his life and why he hates the Ottoman so much. Very cool. So I, I love this time period, especially um that theater of world war one uh, i'm a huge young indiana jones fan that's one of the only movies stories i remember that really kind of spends a lot of time there so i'm a big fan of that setting um i have a few questions about that but i wanted to get into what we were talking about a little bit before we started um i love this cover um you kind of said that you and your artist developed kind of a plan to to you know how you wanted to approach this cover so can you kind of go through that with us and and uh, bring us through like the idea stage here and then how your artist uh, went about pulling it off. Yeah, uh, the artist is Brian LeBlanc. He's a, he's a really great traditional painter. Um, he's done a lot of comic and RPG covers, uh, like a lot of fantasy stuff. And um, so I wanted the the cover to look sort of like it was um, like a 1970s black and white horror magazine. Uh, so um, 
uh, you know, one of the things that really jumps out of you on this is we have Dracula, but he's also like an armor and he's got a sword um, <clears throat> and he's got his green cape on. Um, and with a real Dracula, when he went campaigning, he would wear, he would switch out his black cape with a green one. Mm -hmm. um, and, and he's got all traditional armor on. At this point, he's undead and stuff, so it doesn't matter where he wears the armor, but he's sort of like sentimentally attached to that and his sword. Um, he got his sword from, we show how he got his sword from his father. His father was a founding member of the Order of the Dragon, um, which uh, was a chivalric order whose goal was to collapse the Ottoman Empire. So when he creates his his, his network after death, um, he bases that um, on the order. He still calls it the Order of the Dragon. And uh, <clears throat> one thing you notice about this is that the sun is up, so it's not um, so it's not really a traditional view of vampires only being able to go out at night. Um, <clears throat> and there's like this desert setting uh but dracula has kind of a different power and weakness set than um traditionally uh in our comics um he's both more powerful and less powerful in different ways um but he also sort of keeps it um wants to keep it hidden as to what his true capabilities and weaknesses are so he's very secretive about about that and actually within the continuity of our book we mentioned that um he actually uh he actually got Bram Stoker to write the book about him and full of disinformation so people wouldn't wouldn't know what his true capabilities are. But yeah, so we see him in there um, fighting these Ottoman soldiers who are wearing World War One era uniforms. <coughs> and um and he's alongside Ian, who's uh who's a vampire from the first story that he converts um against her will. And um <coughs> so uh we're just sewing that kind of a Dracula and kind of a non-traditional setting for Dracula. Uh, and that I think kind of encapsulates the, uh, the whole theme of it. Yeah. You know, I'm so, I don't know if a lot, I'm surprised I don't get asked about this more because I've gotten asked a lot of other questions about Scarlet Twilight, but Captain Lancet is Dracula. Um, and I even call him Vlad Tepe's in the story and, and not a lot of people actually caught it. Um, so when you're running through all that research, I mean, that's stuff I was looking into as well. And uh, it, it's cool that you kind of picked up on some very, you, you made a lot of the same decisions I did in terms of like his, he, he, my, my version doesn't have a, you know, a version to sunlight, um, kind of plays fast and loose with the rules. But the, you know, like you kind of like gone through the research and picked and choose some things about the mythology, some things about the actual history that it, to me, that's like what I love to do when I'm sitting down conceptualizing a character story. It's just like, having fun with all the best parts of the mythology and all the best parts of the history. In fact, like I'm not really a trained writer in any sense. And the only way I, a lot of times I come up with stories is to go research some of this history, find cool stuff and, and just springboard off of that. Uh, is that kind of part of your process or do you, you kind of do story first and then find details to back it up? Um, so for half of the story, uh, which is the flashback story in the 15th century, it's pretty much all, um, all true. Um, some of it's dramatized, but uh, it's more or less true. Because uh, obviously, we don't know what people's dialogue was, but um, it's more or less true. Um, <clears throat> so we use that as kind of the uh, uh, the foundation for what he would have done if he had survived for four and a half more centuries. Um, <clears throat> so uh, he. So uh, I thought about it logically, like you know if he had survived and you know undead sort of are a narrative device for characters that can't seem to get over the past mm -hmm. um so 
you know, he can learn, um, he can learn new things, he can learn new powers and abilities, um, but he cannot emotionally mature. Um, he's sort of stuck um, in the 15th century and he's still upset about his, uh, his father and his brother being killed by the Ottomans. He's still upset that he was uh, captured by the Ottomans. Um, and he still feels like um, he is, uh, he is a, a Christian and he, st he still feels like uh, he's been sort of chosen by God by right of blood, no pun intended, um, to, uh, to to carry out the Christian God's will. So he sees it as very much um, a, a holy mission that he's on. Um, but of course, it's also works out for him pretty well that it's also part of this entire petty revenge scheme that he has. Yeah, he's kind of clinging to his excuse. He really just wants to keep going. And yeah. uh, inviting the Turks, yeah, yeah. Oh, go ahead. It's it's really interesting that uh, that you guys kind of glommed onto the same. You know, yeah. vampires are are interesting to me. I mean, I did a book with a vampire, and I played fast and loose with some of the rules as well. But vampires are interesting because there are so many rules, right? So you know, it, there are there are ways that you know we as writers can. Oh, okay, that's made up, but I, I love the idea of him having Bram Stoker write the book yeah absolutely as disinformation and propaganda so that nobody would know what to do with it that's that's awesome I, yeah, I wish I thought of that actually you know and it's and you know since he was a politician in life like um and he could not have accomplished anything without his loyal men um I uh, I have him sort of take a same approach so he spends a lot of his time recruiting new allies and they have to go back and forth and and um you know do, do one favor for one do one favor for the other um <clears throat> and one of our main characters is james fitzharris who who really wants uh freedom for ireland uh from from british british rule and um so he's kind of uh in, a, in an agreement with dracula where they're going to help each other out um and then we have a few other characters uh who come in there to um <clears throat> Shahrazad, like I said, she has an agreement with him, and then um, you know James Fitzharris brings in his son, um, who was a Royal Army sapper that he's kind of estranged from now, um, and then uh, and then there's a turncoat Ottoman spy who uh, who they they have also recruited, but they're not totally sure whether she's on their side or or whether she stores for the Ottomans. So. But these five characters, they'll kind of have their own agendas. Um, it's kind of a fantasy story in the sense that they have to go from one place to the other to accomplish something. But um, but it's also a war story. It's also kind of a, a crime fiction story because everybody is kind of double crossing each other through the whole thing. And, you know, even though Dracula is kind of a literal monster, we kind of see it. The rest of the characters are not great either. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, I just I think you're you're taking so many cool parts of history. Um, and I, I think that also, like I, I said earlier, like that World War One in general, and especially that theater of the war were like so interesting and so underused in pop culture uh, as far as uh, there's just so much, I'd say, fruitful territory to explore. Um, so and then uh, there are like so many sort of spy stories that work really well there. Um, and it's just a great uh, a great environment. So putting, you know, taking that and then adding all this Dracula stuff in that's really compelling uh, is great. And I love the Scheherazade version. Is she wearing like one of those sort of golden masks? Like that? Yeah, she's uh, basically, you know, she's undead, but unlike Dracula, she's been rotting the whole time. So she's okay. kind of like 
she kind of was kind of vain, and so she doesn't want people to see what she really looks like. Um, and actually, we never we never really see what she looks like. So uh, we might we might do that in a future chapter. But uh, <clears throat> but um, but yeah. So she kind of has her own personality characteristics, and you know, kind of like Dracula, she she wants she likes to manipulate things behind the scenes. Um, so there's a lot of scenes between them where they're they're kind of you know being dicks to each other trying to um <laughs> trying to see who is the most influential you know yeah well you know there i found in life that people that are kind of doing the same thing and very similar uh, to one another just do not get along especially if they're both kind of conflicted about about what they've done and it sounds like she you know, there's an element from what you've described of her you know needing all these stories to survive that <laughs> there's something vampiric about that as well so i think that's a that's a really good um, I don't know if she's an antagonist exactly, but a uh, very good counterpoint to the way you're approaching a character. Um, we have a few more questions about this, but I want to jump over to to Will's book um, and kind of just do a quick breakdown on that um, in the same way. So, Will, uh, I'm going to jump over to this page. Tell us about Crossover Division uh, Hide and Seek. Well, we are, this is issue five of the series, of a 20-issue series. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Somebody slapped me. Why did I choose 20 issues? I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm not very smart, apparently. Uh, but uh, what we're trying to do this year is uh, we're going to try to get the next, this arc, five through eight, we're going to try to get them done this year. So it's going to hopefully be a big year for Crossover Division. But with uh, number five, uh, we, uh, we encounter Mr. Hyde uh, in a, uh, a transformed London. And I don't know if you've read the book, but Mr. Hyde is it's not a nice guy at all. Uh, <laughs> he, he is he is, you know, the the growing evil from Dr. Jekyll. Right. You know, as Jekyll mm -hmm. shrinks, Hyde gets larger and uh, he's he's brutal and, and evil. And, you know, Hank and Hector go up against him to try to, you know, end the crossover. And and it's a chance for. For us as a team to kind of play with some of those themes that are in the original, you know, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde mm -hmm. and kind of pull some of those out. You know, I was thinking about this and probably one of the things that is has been the most influential on me is the way that Warren Ellis approached planetary. Right. You know, he, mm -hmm. he, he approached each of these these things, you know, like, oh, hey, here's the Justice League. Or, you know, hey, here's Tarzan or here's, you know, you know, all of these various, you know, things that he, you know, he, and he would try to scrape away the accreted stuff, you know, because the story of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, everybody knows it. Mm -hmm. but most people haven't actually read it. Right. You know, they, they kind of know it just kind of like the Frankenstein story. You know, they kind of know the Frankenstein story, but they don't necessarily know, you know, because they probably haven't read it. So part of it is me getting to look at, hey, this is cool. You know, and I'm trying to show you why it's cool, but then also kind of play around with some of the themes and, you know, see how they play out a little bit today. 
so it's it's a heck of a lot of fun. You know, I, speaking of Dracula, we did uh, Dracula, and I kind of focused more on the Brides of Dracula in uh, Crossover Division number two. Um, upcoming after number five here is uh, we've got uh, Island of Doctor Moreau. Okay. We've got uh, Call of Cthulhu in issue seven. And then uh, we have uh, a Scandal in Bohemia for issue number eight, which is a Sherlock Holmes story. So mm-hmm. uh, it's, for me, Crossover Division is just a chance for me to get to play in all of this great, you know, literature that is our cultural and, you know, uh, pop culture heritage kind of right mm-hmm. and it's a blast and i've got a great team uh my artists uh we, we we're going to try to start alternating artists uh pablo martinena is the artist for five and seven for this arc and then alice leclerc is the artist for issues six and eight so uh then we've got uh, ryan Kroboth, who is an amazing colorist he also did a cover for this issue uh, so mm-hmm. Uh, Pablo, you've shown the cover there. Pablo does the main cover. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alice does the uh, the first yeah. variant. Then Ryan does a very yeah. Oh well, no, okay. that's just the uh, oh, that's, uh, that's okay. the uh, project image. Yeah, okay. there's the cover. So that's Pablo. Uh, Alice, her cover's not quite finished. We've got a, a color mock-up of it out there for right now. Uh, Ryan's cover. Uh, he's the colorist, but he also draws as well. Uh, mm-hmm. He's actually got a new book coming out with John Eddingfield called Worst in Mayhem. Pretty, uh, I think it debuts at the end of the of February. So definitely check that out. Um, and then we've got an awesome letterer with Brant Fowler of Last Ember Press, and uh, James Powell is our editor. So the, the team is just great to work with. And this this mm-hmm. story was we. We went a little bit more brutal just because, you know, previously we've kept it a little bit lighter. This one gets a little bit more brutal just because Hyde is more brutal. I mean, he is, you know, the evil dark side of, you know, Dr. Jekyll. Uh, We're also introduced to a little bit of backstory here. Um, This is the people that control Crossover Division. This is one of their agents and we find out that things maybe aren't as happy and wonderful as uh and yes that first panel there is meant to look like he's doing something to that agent so <laughs> <laughs> uh as, as usual hank misses the point um <laughs> because he misses the point a lot uh but uh it's this has been a really a really good book and it's it's you know it's great to work with with such, you know, a wonderful team. Mm-hmm. So for people who aren't, aren't familiar with the series, can you kind of take us through just the premise of crossover division and our, our two main characters there? Sure. So uh, what, what happens is uh, people, uh, when they're so interested, they love, they think about something, so uh, some piece of fiction so much, they can actually kind of bring that fiction into reality. And then causing a you know a crossover, right? So this is where crossover division comes in. They do, they send out you know uh, agents. One of them is typically a professor of English because they have the knowledge of you know a lot of pop culture and you know works of art. And generally, the crossovers that we have end about the time copyright kicks in. So I wonder why <laughs> that is, right? <laughs> so Hank knows you know a lot of 
um, you know, about the works of art that you know we're, we're crossing over with. And then he has a research librarian to help him kind of figure out, you know, hey, they come in, reality's nuts. We got to figure out one, hey, what work is being crossed over? Then we got to make our way to what we call the dreamer and read the last line of the book to the dreamer to wake them up and remind them that it is just a story, right? Mm-hmm. And that's that's what crossover division does. There's a, there's an overarching arc to it uh, that I hope people will be really interested in as we go forward. We touch on that a little bit at the end of this issue, and we really start building up uh, you know, as we go. Like I said, it's a... T- 20 issues, uh, what was I mm-hmm. thinking? 20 issue story that will be done with uh, issue number 20. Cool, cool. Yeah, that's a great premise. It reminds me a lot of, uh, not not in its like what happens, but in kind of the, something that would work really well on a serialized TV show. It reminds me a lot of Warehouse mm-hmm. 13 and that they, okay, the, you kind of have steps when they're on a mission mm-hmm. that they kind of need to go through. They need to figure out what's causing it, where it is, who's yep. doing it, all that mm-hmm. stuff. Um, and, uh, and obviously it lends itself really well to something that's not just a good overarching story, which everybody has good plans for their, you know, epic 20 mm-hmm. issue run. But uh, I think it's important kind of what you're doing here is making sure that, you know, the individual stories that make that up aren't just like getting you there. They're fun on their own exactly. and they have a good structure exactly. on their own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And that's, that's something that's, um, I know there's a, you know, there's always a Twitter debate on something with writers, but, um, yeah, you guys really? have too much time on your hands. If you drew Apparently, stuff, you yeah. wouldn't have time to do this. <laughs> we wouldn't have It'd time. Be a real to do calm that. out there. Um, <laughs> it, it um, it's. I, I think structure is extraordinarily important from a storytelling standpoint. I mean, mm-hmm. that's. I know a lot of people can just sit down and go. You know, hey, I'm going to type out, you know, the stand, you know, or something like that, and <laughs> and just do it, but. <laughs> But for me, I really have to have that structure because yeah. that that's what we hang everything on. If you don't have that underlying structure, then I, I need it because otherwise I may fall flat on my face somewhere if I don't have it. Right. Yeah. 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 I, yeah I'm really I'm really impressed you're doing 20 issues now. I, I, so first, the order of Dracula was something I did. I was like, it's one shot, it's done. And I was like, oh, wait, no, I can't do this. These characters are not where they need to be. So then I did a three-issue miniseries. And then and then I was like, oh, wait, they're, they're still not, their story's still not over. So then this fall, we're going to be doing two Itales Dracula. We have two more of these and after that. But I'm doing a more like miniseries because it's easier for me to write um, shorter things. Because the structure, you know, the structure for Crusader Dracula with five different characters and three different timelines, it was like really, really difficult. And it was only three issues. And for people that are doing like 20 issues, like I have a lot of respect for that. I can't I can't think that far ahead. I think, you know, it's uh, I think it's because I'm too dumb to know that I probably shouldn't do it is, is really the, <laughs> the thing there. Um it, I, I really kind of wanted to, so, you know, Hank is the kind of the main character and I wanted to take him on this, this kind of uh, journey to kind of, I don't want to give too much away. I want to take him on a journey that's going to be hopefully a little bit surprising. Um, I'm, I'm actually writing number 16 right now. Um, I, I, I skipped 15 and 
I feel uh, the reason I skipped 15 is, well, I, everybody knows this. I put it out in my newsletter, so it's not a big deal. Number 15 is going to be a crossover with the time machine by HG Wells. Mm, okay. okay. And from a, a comic standpoint, you know, time is space on the page, right? And I really want to try to do something utilizing time travel and the way we, I'm, I'm stuck. I'm, I'm stuck on, you guys have read Promethea by Alan Moore, right? I have not I've looked through a few of the art pages, but I have not sat down and read that one. Okay. There is a, a double page spread and J.H. Williams, the artist is, does this beautifully. Yeah. But I think this is Alan Moore just showing off and I'm kind of like, damn. Anyway, he, he, there's a double page spread. It has infinity mm -hmm. and it has the two Prometheus. There's two Prometheus walking around at different parts around this. And he built this page such that you can enter the conversation at any point around the page and it makes sense. And I'm just mm -hmm. like, the way that they're using this, that the page and time and space is just, I, I'm, I'm going to try a, a poor man's version, hopefully of doing something with time and space <laughs> with the time machine, <laughs> but I'm not, <laughs> I'm, I, that's my, my, uh, inspiration. Uh, we'll, we'll see how way short I fall of, uh, you know, delivering on that, but it's something I'm going to try. Yeah. Just swing for the fences. I say, I mean, that's, yeah. and I think that, you know, with something that's been done, yeah so many times, uh, you know, in different ways, I think you do have to find some, uh, you know, and I think this is really true of things like all the books we've been talking about tonight, which are, yeah. uh, these are characters you're familiar with. You've seen them in lots of comics, you've seen lots of movies, mm -hmm. what have you. Um, I, I think you do need to do some things different stylistically in terms of your structure, all that stuff, mm -hmm. um, and take interesting takes on the characters themselves. Um, or it's or it's a little bit old hat, unless you're just. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to redo Dracula and it's just by Kelly Jones and Matt Wagner, like that's okay. It, you don't need to yeah, do anything. That's Kelly Jones. And, that's Kelly Jones and Matt Wagner. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Even if there's nothing interesting there, and it, there may very I haven't read it, but uh, yeah. it may be the most unique thing in the world. But even if it wasn't, yeah, that that would be enough. That's cool. But yeah, I think for what we're trying to do, um, which is really build audiences and get our books going, stuff like that. Uh, build a following. I, yeah, I think you need to bring, um, you need to bring something new to it in, in lots of different ways. Yeah. And I think you know, you look at what's on Kickstarter. There's tons of Cthulhu stuff. There's tons of things with yep. characters like these. I, I think that we all recognize. You know, we're all kind of building audiences. You do kind of need something there. You need to bring in people that like Dracula. You need to people yeah. bring in yep. people that like this old literature. Um, it just makes it a little bit easier <laughs> than to come in with like a completely new concept. Right. That, yeah, that has no exactly. base to build on. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that that makes it doubly important to do what you're talking about doing, which is just uh, make your structure interesting, make your take on it interesting, um, you know, give us something new to play with there. And I, and I love that 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 that, that it kind of took a little bit um, of thinking, right, because you, you had to think about marketing this thing. Right. And you had to think about how to do all that stuff. So I want to I want to take a quick little break. Right here uh before we uh we go any further because it feels like we're going to start talking about business now start and uh, start talking about marketing <laughs> so the second half of the show we're crossing the 30 minute mark we're, 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 doing the, we're doing the crossover <laughs> here 
of Ooh, of this right like and uh <laughs> we're gonna divide this thing into two halves and the second half is all about marketing so we're gonna take a quick break we're gonna talk about one of our favorite uh, comics that's gonna be dropping here on kickstarter very soon uh right after this break thank you guys for uh coming back with us here after that break i want to tell you guys a little bit about this really cool comic book that's going to be dropping here in february i think it's going to be uh we got it in the first week or so it's called uh it's from our friends over at addict door media and it's called incident report number three and this one follows Anne, who walked away from a dangerous life in the ica which is uh also known as the uh i i can't i, I can't even read it here but i got it. anyway my notes <laughs> say that that uh it's gonna pick up the issues from issue set two for uh, to issue three here uh you can grab all issues um, this one follows uh, Vladin and Anne as they rush to ensure their family is safe from trouble, which uh, from all the craziness that's happened in issue one and two. So what this world is, they're super powered people, right? But they have mundane lives and it's crazy. But there's also this uh, this ICA who who kind of uh, takes, um, you know, make sure that, that everybody's all in order. I mean, everybody got powers. You got to figure out how to how to how to handle that. Right. So this kind of follows that stuff. Um, so make sure you guys are heading on over to geekcollective.net slash ADM comics and do that. Uh, follow that campaign. Uh, it goes live here within the next week or two. So make sure you guys are doing that. Um, this, this, uh, this is awesome talk. And I want to talk a little bit about marketing this stuff. Cause uh, we'll, we're talking a little bit about your book here and how you had to kind of think of diff- different ways of, of doing this stuff. And, um, and, so so working with all these these this time and the, all this crazy story intricate things and you have all these different stories that kind of span different uh different uh storyline how do you market this thing and and how how do you see that there's been success since you know issue one till uh what issue are we on now five five poorly poorly <laughs> is how i market <laughs> um well so i I do try. I mean, I, I'm probably typical writer guy in that, you know, I love, I love to do the writing. You know, there's something, there's something really gratifying about, you know, breaking a story and getting it down and and getting it done, right. Fixing it, you know, in in its final form there. Um, But then, you know, Kickstarter is its own animal. Right. And then you have to prep for Kickstarter. Well, then you also, you know, where's your audience coming from? How are you building your audience? And anything that I have ever learned about anything like that, I owe to Tyler James and Comics Launch. Um, So I do have a a weekly uh, newsletter. It's called the Midnight Hour because I hate mornings and I'm a night owl. So (laughs) that's why I call it the Midnight Hour. Um, And I found that growing that audience really is 
it's kind of this weird backwards. As the more success I have on Kickstarter, I'm able to grow that audience more, which helps me then grow my audience on Kickstarter. Which, so it's this really great feedback loop. Um, honestly, and I can't remember where I was, I was saw this, but uh, you know, one of the best things I think we can do as creators is deliver our books. When we deliver our books, you know, keep our promise, you know, to our backers, you know, I think that goes a long, long way, you know, for our reputation and for them to come back and maybe bring other people. You know, I, so, I, I really think that that's super important. I love that. Let's touch on that a little bit. So how do you, how do you guys uh, do that? What are the steps that we should take? If I was a brand new person coming to Kickstarter uh, what what are some of these steps that I need to take to ensure that I do fulfill this thing? Oh, wow. Uh, don't make your posters larger than a comic uh, because shipping is a bear. <laughs> um, you know, really, I, I've had such, you know, I, I've, I've worked with some great print. I've worked with a great printer uh, and they've, you know, we've got some beautiful books. You know, like here's number four right here. I don't know if you can see that one. Woo. Uh, that's so, uh, you know, getting them printed, uh, as far as fulfillment goes, um, I have a, a, a huge staff. This is my staff. I say hi to the staff of fulfillment. So, <laughs> uh, it's just, you know, following the next step, although I do, and I'd be interesting to hear, you know, Ben, your, your thoughts and Joseph, yours, I use backer kit. So backer kit is a huge help from a fulfillment standpoint. Plus you get a pre-order store that, you know, people that miss the Kickstarter can then, you know, go ahead and purchase some things, which is typically has always been worth it for me to go ahead and, you know, get that pre-order store. But what backer kits let, lets me do, and I love this integration is I use ShipStation for domestic shipping. I use pirate ship and their uh, export rate, which you have to ask them about, but that gets you a really cheap rate, like cuts the rate in half to go international. So okay. inter any inter international I ship, uh, it's called the something export rate. I'll have to simple, simple export that. rate. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Um, but the cool thing about backer kit is that I can take, you know, my backers here and I talk with my hand. Sorry guys. Um, I can push those orders over to ship station. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I print the label in ShipStation, I sync, I hit the sync button over in BackerKit and it says, oh, hey, those are fulfilled. So it makes it super, super simple and it keeps it all together. So I'm not, here's 18,000 post-it yeah. notes over here and, you know, here's 20 mm -hmm. over, what did, what did I do? It's, so it's, it's coming up with a system that works for you and I'm, my brain is not normal. I understand that. Um, but I think a lot of people really want to say, oh, hey, I've got, you know, 300 backers or I've got 400 backers. I'm going to ship all those in one day. No, you're not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Pace yourself. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Okay. <laughs> so, but, so I think uh, what yeah. I'm hearing here is, is, um, is, is be organized and, and have your ducks in, in a row. Right. So it, so what we, what I feel like we need here to, to get to the point to where you're being able to print these things, print labels and, and, and ship. So we'll, number one, first, we're going to need 
uh, a budget, <laughs> right? We're going to need a budget to yes. make sure that we are are taking care of this stuff because it costs money for these different yep. places like pirate ship and and on all in ship station, and yeah. it also and it also costs money for the hardware, which is you're going to be need your laser printer, right? And mm-hmm. and you're also actually. I would get one of those thermal printers. It's thermal like print. a, there you go. I'm a laser printer. You're right. I, I misspoke. It's a 4XL, whatever it is. It's what the, the Comics Launch course recommends, and I have put this thing through the ringer, and it is awesome. Yeah. So There's, there's a couple you're of also, really cool options out there. There's a Dynamo, Dymo or whatever it is out Dymo, there. Dymo, that's, that's the one. Really that's good one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So the, there's some really good ones out there, and, and, and fairly inexpensive. You can probably get anywhere from like uh, I w- I'm gonna say fifty dollars to like on up, I'll, I'll be like to the to the lower ones. Um, there's some really really a little bit more inexpensive ones and stuff. But you can do your research and stuff. But so you need that stuff. You're also gonna need um how we're gonna ship these things. You're gonna need some boxes. You're gonna need some some all these different things. What kind of boxes do we need? What you know? So Gemini so, mailers. Gemini mailers. There's a reason why I'm going with this. We we uh, we are actually a uh, a a partner with Gemini Mailer. And if you guys head on Excellent. over to GeminiComicsSupply.com, you guys can get a 10 percent off at checkout, and uh, and that'll save you guys some money. I swear to you guys, I had a couple of uh, creators say, "Do I use this every time?" And every time that I ship, it saves me like 200 bucks. So make yeah, sure you guys awesome. go and do that. Geek Collective 10. Mm-hmm. At checkout and and save you guys some money uh, and get you guys some some Gemini mailers and that's across the board. You can use that on any kind of shipping supply that you can use in that in that and get yourself some ten percent off there. Uh, but but yes, we love Gemini here. Uh, but but we also love you have to use that. You have to also make sure that your packet you got packing tape and but all this craziness. Yeah. So it's all cost money. So you have to have a budget. So you if you if you don't this is not for the weary of heart. All right. So you have to make yeah. sure that you're gonna be in this for the long <laughs> haul. It's not just paying for the artwork. You have to deal with the the business side of it and marketing the thing. And then you also now have to work with distribution and all this kind of stuff and that's a whole other kind of crazy headache yep, absolutely uh, so, so joseph how do you if handle I, that oh go ahead if i could say one thing sure. if you have spent literally months working on your comic uh, with an artist with multiple artists and letterers and colorists and you've had it go to a printer please for the love of cthulhu whatever God you choose bag and board it, please and protect it. Don't just throw it in an envelope and send Mm -hmm. it out bag, board it, put it in a Gemini mailer because it is your precious. All right. It is your precious. That's what I usually say every week. So you've saved me some time here. I can put my feet up and relax bags of boards. Listen, I have, I have a really cool, cool printer. Who's actually really cool about like, they give me free bags of boards, and they actually they bag and wow. board them for me, and they put them in a box, like in a really cool box, and so and the, so they're already in a in a nice box for me, and I can even probably use that box to like ship other things I like if I have bigger things, but so so uh, so there's get you guys partnerships with look look out there talk to people find the people who've done this before and and pick their brains right this is why we're going to be talking a little bit about uh about archetypes because archetypes magazine we're going to be dropping that in february and and what it is is what the reason why i did it is because i I, you know we we here at geek collective we talk about advertising we talk about marketing we we also run some of those services and stuff for you guys right we're a full service 
comic book creative solutions studio yeah. so whatever you guys need from from concept to shelf we can help you guys with and and benjamin is is uh, on board with me there he's one half of the of geek collective and he does the cartoonist stuff he does uh video engineering i'm an audio engineer uh engineer engineer here it's a new word i'm, I'm making up too um <laughs> i bless that i bless that word sorry <laughs> um and and listen that's that's uh creative uh that's right it's creativity right we get to make up words <laughs> so but but the the fun stuff that we do is we do we do do all the stuff right and it's and it's difficult to do this but 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 uh looking and having uh uh people out there that can give you kind of some insights people who've done this before who have had success right which is what we've done with archetypes is we talk to a bunch of people who had the success in kickstarter and campaign and all these different things that they've done because what i found doing all this stuff, asking all these questions and being part of this, these different uh, campaigns is that not one way works for every campaign. Even the same camp, your own IP, you can, I guarantee you crossover division four was different from crossover division five. And so, and, and it's going to continue to do that way. And it's going to be nuts because it's not ever the same. And, and marketing is marketing. These books are, are hard because when there's something that is not the same, there's really hard to get a thumb on it. Right. So you just kind of just throw things at the wall. Right. And have fun with it. It's just being consistent and make sure, making sure that you guys are doing the same kind of things and making sure you're having those things that don't change like budget and, and, and hardware and, and packing things and, and all these different things that behind the scenes that nobody really looks at. Right. Um, yep. So, uh, Joseph, let's talk about you. How, how do you handle some of the things that that you do when you distribute and market these things? Um, well, so I do most of the same stuff. Will does. Uh, I I don't I don't use Backer Kit because I have pretty small campaigns. So I've gone to the comics launch stuff. They recommend you have a lot more backers than I generally have, and um, so I do do my own fulfillment too. Um, like I said, it's uh, not like a huge amount of backers, so uh, it's not. What, too what would that threshold be at if I was a new creator? What would you guys? Um, say? I think it's going to be like three hundred backers, which I have not come close to at all. Um, but uh, but yeah, uh, so I think um, it's never been too difficult doing fulfillment. Um, I do use Gemini mailers uh, and and all that stuff. Um, but I, I think the most important thing to remember for first time creators. This is my 14th one. So, um, wow. but uh, yeah, for first time creators, the best thing to remember is that you should get that book done before you do the campaign. Uh, if not the entire thing, like 98% of it, because um, we usually leave one page open for, uh, for back or drawings. Um, we actually didn't even do that this time because it's a trade and everything's already done. Um, so I actually ordered the, the print order before I started the campaign um so the, the print order is just about going to arrive just about at the end of the campaign um so you're gonna have to spend some money before you have any money i think that's that's something that's really important to realize um so kickstarter is not like a, a font of money you know like so uh, just just put a lot of put some money into it time and effort um before you start before you do even write before you even start making a kickstarter page um do all that stuff and then the other thing is it really helps you because you have finished pages that you can put on the page um and then this time we had we had some new merchandise we hadn't had before we have like a medallion ancient gold medallion and i ordered one of those 
yeah, I ordered one of those ahead of time and um, just to see that it was okay. Um, uh, you're gonna have to do that every time you try new merchandise, like just, just order a prototype to make sure that it looks okay. <laughs> Yes. And it feels okay, and it doesn't break, and <laughs> and um, <clears throat> you know, uh, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it's it's um, it's it's like I said, it's pretty much exactly the same thing as Will does with his. Um, uh, like I said, he's my favorite all red and comic. Um, Thank but, you. <laughs> there's a few other uh, ones out there. Uh, yeah, there's, there's yeah, yeah, weirdly, there um, is. Yeah, and they're all related. No, just kidding. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but uh, but yeah, it's it's it, it's and it's going to be different depending on if it's like a bigger campaign. Like um, like I tried doing fulfill a fulfillment service before, um, but I kind of got killed on the shipping costs. Like they were charging like mm. twice for shipping, um, twice as much for shipping as I'm paying doing it myself. Um, and then, you know, it's so it's just a few amount of backers that do print stuff. You know, we have anywhere from 40 to 60% print. And if you're only getting 100 or 150 backers, it's not a huge amount of packages. Um, and then, you know, that's, but still, you can't do that in one day. You know, like if you have a job or if you have kids and you have other stuff to do, you're not doing that in one day. Um, so, um, so yeah, I took a week or two um, to get all that stuff set up and done, and um, and I have a process for doing it now. But you know, the other thing is to really set your timelines. Um, you know, you should always you should always under promise and and over deliver. So like, you know, if I say that it's it's going to take me six months to fulfill this, I re I really um really think it's going to take three. You know, if I say it's going to take me a year, it's probably going to take me six months. So. You know, uh, think about the um, the uh, the excellent Starfleet engineer uh, Montgomery Scott, who always <laughs> always said it would take longer than it did, and they called him a mer uh, miracle worker. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, it is it is important just to look at look at how people have done their pages and and see what works for them. Obviously, not everything's going to work for everybody. Mm -hmm. um, I, I do do experiments every time where I kind of leave something out of the page that I had before and see if it makes a difference. And sometimes it does, and sometimes it doesn't. But uh, I'm trying to minimize the the labor that goes in to make the pages. But um, but yeah, I do think also pay attention to times, um, to campaign length, uh, the day of the week, time of year. Um, yeah, uh, and your goal, of course, are all really important things. Very cool, very cool. We have a we have a comment here, and I want to I want to use this as as a as a quick here. We, this says, "Repent your sins and be baptized." I want you guys to make sure that you guys do that by heading heading on over to Kickstarter and typing in "Sinner Takes All" and find and make sure you guys are checking that one out because our friend Damian Beckton has this book dropping tomorrow. If you guys are watching us on YouTube, it's dropping it on. Uh, well, today's Sunday. It's on Monday, uh, the 29th of, of January. So make sure you guys are going and grabbing Sinner Takes All because everybody, we have to repent our sins because this person <laughs> on YouTube told us to back this Sinner Takes All tonight. We'll see you guys. We love so that. You guys, guys are only seeing a little bit of the cover there. That's a crop version. The full version I've seen in our Discord. Um, yeah. It's a beautiful logo. It's got like yeah, such cool. a great retro but modern vibe. Yeah. Um, in addition, to beautiful illustration that you're seeing right there, which like just goes back just, to so I, many great illustrator, you know, great line work styles. Um, so I, yeah. that one blew me away. Um, and I'm which excited. Which one here? Center takes all. 
I'm sorry. What was that? <laughs> oh, did I kind of go no, out? No, no. That or... was me. That was me. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, great cover. Still super yeah, excited sorry. for that one. And what, what's cool about it is uh, somebody here uh, may possibly be part of the team. Who know, uh, We may or may not know who that might be. Uh, but uh, we'll see. Um, no, Dave. So I've done some some work for Damian Beckton before. Actually, if you guys are watching, I, I did this one for him. I actually did the layout and the design for him. And he hit me up the the other day and said that he wants me to help him out with this one. We have not signed contracts yet, but I'm letting you guys know that I want you guys to go grab uh, Center Takes All. Do that tomorrow. Um, it's going to be freaking awesome. I love the, the, that book. And freaking uh, Damien Beckton is like one, one of my favorite writers out there right now, except for all these guys right here first. I mean, Damien is <laughs> not here, so I can tell you guys. <laughs> um, cool. Uh, uh, ben, we got a couple of things that are that are dropping here. Tell us a little bit yeah, about what you've got. Um, am I muted? Am I, I can't hear. Am, can you hear me? Did I, I hear you? Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> I heard somebody said uh, muted. Uh, but can you t- please tell us a little bit about uh, what you got coming? Up? You got a you got a campaign that's coming up very soon, don't you? I got a I got a couple surprises. In addition to archetypes, we're we're launching with Geek Collective uh, next month. We're going to um, I'm going to have another announcement pretty soon um, about a league in Scarlet Twilight. But the main campaign you can follow over at Zoop.gg. And if you're watching this on YouTube, the link is down in the description there. We can also find links to archetypes. Uh, and Joseph's product, and then uh, Will's product, of course, you can see in some of the comments here. But um, Cobalt Crisis is a sequel to We Are Scarlet Twilight. Uh, best way I can describe it is if you are a fan of Crisis on Infinite Earths or Secret Wars, all those big epic crossovers, it's going to be like that, um, have all the stakes of that, but it's going to be like if it was made in the 1940s and uh, had that Golden Age pulp style to it. So uh, if you're a fan of any of those things, I think you're going to really dig this one and uh, head over to zoop.gg. And get on that pre-launch list. And uh, to go along with that, we're going to have one of those really cool characters show up in our magazine called Archetype Zine 1. And it's going to be uh, his one of his characters that you saw in that picture, if you guys are watching on YouTube. It's uh, Ace Falcon. And uh, we're going to be doing that here. Let me see. If, uh, do you have those? Oh, here, I'm going to pull those up here. Here we go. We got uh, Archetypes mm-hmm. here. This is our cover. This is our main cover for Archetypes. If you guys head on over to geekcollective.net slash Archetypes and sign up today, we're going to be dropping that campaign in, I'm going to say, mid-February. And we're going to be hopefully printing that before we go to launch. This is going to be some cool stuff. It's going to have some really cool um, articles, uh, three new comics. Uh, they're all brand new comics that nobody seen before um so so you guys are going to be able to read those things we have some articles from some breakout people we have a really cool article from geek az they had they they had an interview with uh with uh drew zucker and david and boer about canto coming over to dark horse we're going to talk a little where that's going to be printed in the book we're talking to um some friends over at all ages of geek they tell us a little bit about some really cool character design tools that they've used with some of their stuff and our friend over at pesto comics adriano he's going to tell us a little bit about some writing tools he does something really cool on youtube or on youtube on twitter 
where he drops like writing tools like one one every day and i thought it was so cool that i asked him to do this for us and so he's gonna get help us he wrote a whole article and it's gonna give you guys and it's giving you a step-by-step guide how to write your first draft of your first of, of your comic book so you guys are gonna definitely gonna want to check this one out um what's cool is i've i've talked to the creative team and we're gonna offer a really cool uh deluxe version of this to a deluxe digital version of this for those people who want to just back digitally you're going to get some really cool stuff everybody who backs at a physical level will get the digital deluxe which what comes in is you're going to get some really cool um download unloadable pdfs templates and and got checklists and guides on how to to build a media kit and how to um how to write a press release and things of that nature and you'll be able to have um some we're actually we're also going to be building you guys some really cool generic headers that you can put onto your kickstarter that has like you know the separators and things of nature that says like story and 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 previews and stuff like that so where you guys are going to get some really cool downloadables like that for the people who really really don't know where to find this stuff we're going to try to see if we can get you guys some of this the, these really cool resources so that you can be confident and 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 build this really cool dynamic campaign for you guys self so um this is going to be a hot commodity for those people for those creators who you really um, are looking for some tools out there right and so and uh, uh we're gonna hopefully do this um again next year um we're gonna drop them once one per year in february we're gonna do that uh because uh kickstarter has an open call for zines and we're gonna jump on their zine quest so we are part of their zine quest and uh we're gonna be doing this and if we can if you guys love this we're going to continue to do it and if we can go if we can uh we have a really cool editor-in-chief who is uh a, a editor-in-chief over at oneshi press Lindsay g she is going to be editing this thing for us um so we're you guys are going to get some freaking amazing things because she's worked on some, some really cool stuff um so make sure you guys are checking this one out geekcollective.net slash archetypes sign up today um hit this this is our regular cover this is our our wizard magazine our tip of the hat to wizard magazine this is our wizard homage cover here um this is one of the characters that shows up in mother wolf and cubs this is la yarona i couldn't even say because my my i need some water <laughs> but uh, it's, it's hey it's hard even for mexican to say sometimes but um it's gorgeous gorgeous work this is done by our 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 in-house um artist benjamin w morse um who's a creator of scarlet twilight in august purgatory this is some really really gorgeous looking artwork this is just his whip guys look at this yeah it's just i wanted to send it to uh the creators of this character because i you know i'm drawing somebody else's oc i don't want to like yeah we don't see her that way or the costume's wrong so i you know wanted to do a pretty comprehensive mock-up and and, his uh, answer was was cool with him he's like beautiful that's that was one word beautiful so i think i think i think uh i think ben ben like knocked it out of the park so cool yeah i'm looking forward to i i got a, a huge folder of like all the high-res bart sears art i could find um yeah. and those covers they had uh ken stacy i think is the artist who colored those uh back when they would just airbrush them for the first yeah. 20 issues or so wizards and that was a real distinctive style so always fun to play around with that and uh and hopefully learn something yeah very cool and 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 what's fun fact is is there was actually wasn't there a, a benjamin morse who was like the editor of wizard at one yeah. point too <laughs> i don't know if he was a, i know he's an editor at marvel relation guys <laughs> yeah no he's uh um he used to have a blog too um where he talked about comics and wrestling and when my grandma was still with us she i'd That's google funny. me every now and then and he had this blog about wrestling and i wrestled in high school 
Oh my god! Like, I'm never not like a pro wrestling fan. I have nothing wrong with it, but um, no, there was enough for her to be like, "Oh, it's comics and wrestling. That's got to be my Ben Morris." And she yeah. kind of gave me some grief because there was a lot of profanity uh, on the block, or more than <laughs> she would have liked to have seen. So, kind of a little flack about that. You got to stop cussing, Ben. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wasn't appreciated at the time that's fantastic <laughs> all right guys this is the end of the show let's talk let's uh before we head out um joseph we went to you second last time uh can you please give us your quick pitch again one more time before we head out um if i was walking down artist alley how would you pitch me i'd say uh hey you want to see uh dracula fighting the ottoman empire during world war one Boom! There you go. That's that's perfect. Uh, Will, your what's your pitch? Uh, Crossover divisions. Hank and Hector encounter the growing evil of Mister Hyde in a transformed London. Awesome. And Ben, uh, uh, how would you give us your uh, thirty-second pitch for oh, Scarlet for Cobra Crisis? It's a sequel to Scarlet Twilight, and it is basically if Crisis on Infinite Earths had been made in the Golden Age of Comics. So you get that pulp '30s '40s style combined with the epic scope and, and big universe shattering events of your 80s and 90s uh, style events. Fantastic. And uh, if you guys were walking down our alley, if I wanted you to get our archetypes, it'd be like, if you guys want to create some comic books, this is a great resource for you because we got all kinds of usable, workable marketing tools with inside. You guys are definitely going to walk away with this today. So make sure you guys do that. Uh, thank you guys for hanging out with us. Um, it's, it's been a pleasure. Will, uh, you got to come back some more often, man. Uh, we miss you around here. Um, <laughs> Joseph, it's been a pleasure. Absolutely. Uh, ben, it's always a pleasure hanging out with you, man. Uh, let's, I, I hope you can hang out. You guys can hang out a little bit afterwards, mm -hmm. but, uh, thank you guys for hanging out, Ben. It's been fantastic. And I just want to say, you know, go Niners hit that outro, please. <laughs>